I, uh, I had this amazing message planned for this morning um, and I'm still going to bring it on the 9th and it's going to be over a process of time called The Kingdom and the King. And do we understand the kingdom and do we actually understand the king of that kingdom? And I was just pumped. I'll be writing it Friday, Thursday, getting it all. And then God said to me yesterday over Turkey and Spards, I don't want you to preach that tomorrow morning. I was like, oh man, what do you want me to speak on? He said, I sort of dropped something in your spirit last Sunday night when you're in worship about asking, asking of me, asking of me. And so we're going to look at that. I've called this, Ask and You Shall Receive. Yeah, it's amazing what I'm learning from having children. Anyone else learn some things as you start having kids? <laughs> things that you didn't know before? And I'm le- learning a lot um, through Madeline and Lily. And I'm seeing this, this massive typology between my relationship with them as their father and them as, 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 as uh, my children and this relationship between me and my heavenly father. There are so many accurate typologies that it's not funny in how this whole thing is to work, how it's to interact. And, you know, (laughs) what's really funny, the thing I've realized is that children don't have a hard time asking for things. Anyone else experience that? Anyone else have children? And they really don't have a hard time asking for anything, whether it's ice cream, whether it's puppies, whether it's, uh, I don't know, to go on a plane to, uh, to America. They really don't have an issue asking for anything. In fact, they ask with such boldness and confidence and cheekiness, don't they? They really have this cheekiness about them. You know, like Maddie's got some presents and no, she's got one. Where's the next one? Where's the next one? You know, well, you're going to enjoy this one for a bit? Oh, no, where's the next one? And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about that today. You know, it was interesting. I, I went on a, a kid's uh, sort of with, with her, she goes to San Jose, which is an early childhood centre. And just before Christmas, we went on a walk to post letters to Santa. And it was about seven kids, and I was the parent help uh, with one of the other teachers. And they had all the bags of letters with all the other children. So we're walking along, and, and I and said to this young boy, I said, so what do you want for Christmas, buddy? He says, I want a Batman costume. Oh, that's pretty cool. I wanted one of those when I was a boy, never got one. Um, I said, what do, you, what do you want for this? He said, I want a scooter. Oh, I want a, oh, a scooter. I've seen the scooter that I want. And all these kids. I'm like, oh, I said, Maddie, what do you want for Christmas? And he said, Daddy, I want a puppy. <laughs> exactly. Oh. What, you mean a stuffed one? one that's, no, no, I want a real one. You see, she'd been to Adelaide with, with Nana and Mum and, and she'd, she'd been hanging out with dogs. She came, I want a puppy. I want a puppy. And I went, well, you don't always get what you ask for, sweetheart. <laughs> But she asked with such passion. She asked with such fervor. Do you know what it's done? It's making me think, do I actually, do we want to maybe have a puppy? (laughs) Now, I've grown up with dogs. I had a German Shepherd a few years ago. And I know the work that's involved with having a dog. And I'm knowing who's going to be the one cleaning up the poo, who's going to be the one working the thing, who's the one teaching the thing while they're off somewhere else. But the level of passion and the level of, of just heart and hunger and boldness where I went, nah, I'm now thinking, well, maybe, maybe. Come with me to Matthew 7. I want to talk about this today, Matthew 7, 7. So I believe God would ask us today to ask for things far greater than the level we are currently. And I want us to understand some things we need to 
understand how we position ourselves to ask and, and the, the motivation behind we ask, but I think that there is so much more that we're not engaging with because we're not asking. Or maybe we have a religious mindset that says, you know what, we can't ask God for those things because that's not spiritual or that's not holy or that's not right. So I want to challenge some of those things today and encourage some of those things. So Matthew 7, verses 7. Give me a yell when we're all there. Okay, here we go. Ask. Everyone say ask. And it will be given to you. Wow. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? eh? Okay, you don't have to repeat the next line. If you want to. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I want you to listen to this. For everyone. Everyone. Not the special people, not the people that are pastors or whatever, prophets and apostles and all that, not the people that are on staff, everyone. Everyone includes six-month-old babies to 100-year-old people. Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Wow. Wow. Why is it that at this time of the year, and maybe not just this time of the year, but as people, we really don't have an, have an issue asking for things? How many people ask for something this year for Christmas? Man, you're more righteous and holy than I am. <laughs> Five people. Wow, I had a whole list. No, I didn't. But we really don't, do we? When we want something, we ask for it. I see with my children, when they want something, they ask for it. But when we come to our Heavenly Father and we want to ask Him things, we can sometimes have an issue with that. We can sometimes struggle to ask of things. But this thing says to me, it says, why would, why would a, a, a Heavenly Father, why would He give us to those who ask Him? And there is this incredible correlation between a human father and our spiritual father. Why would I give my... My Maddie or my Lily, if they ask for food, why would I give them a stone? Well, here, here you go, honey, this is what you really want. Why would I do that? And throughout this passage, you can see that those who, who ask, those that seek, and those that knock, if you think about those three words, ask, seek, knock, and you line them up, ask, ask, seek, knock, ask. God's screaming through this passage, ask of me. I am your heavenly Father that has gifts, has things for you that I have in my resource account that I want to release to you that you would steward here on earth. It's not for you to hold and to just build your own kingdom. No, it's that you would release it that my glory would shine through the earth. Ask of me and I have these things. 
But some funny reason, we somehow get this religious mindset thing. Like, oh, I can't ask for that. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Let me tell you, God is into the details. He's into the simplest little things. He's into the massive things. He's into it all because he's a father, like I'm a father. I'm interested in when Maddie comes home and gives me a painting and says, look what I painted for you, Dad. And we go, wow, it's amazing. You know, it's a bit here and a bit here and a bit of thing here. And she's telling me what it all is. It's like, well, look at this thing. To when she's really grappling with some truths. You know, we're, we're talking about even spiritual things. And I'm asking her questions and, and, you know, just sort of positioning with her. What about this? What about this? What do you think about this? And she starts to grapple with these things. I'm interested in it all. And so is our Heavenly Father. He loves us. But somehow, we somehow, there's a block. And I hope by talking today that we can unblock that block. So why do we struggle? Why do we struggle to ask our Heavenly Father for things that He may want to bless us with? There's probably a number of answers to this, but the one I want to talk about today is we don't ask because we don't have a big enough revelation of who the Father is. We don't ask because we don't have a big enough revelation of who the Father actually is. Guys, it's essential that we have an accurate perspective of who God is because a wrong perspective of God will rob you from the very thing God wants to do through you. It'll keep you small. And God is a big God and God's people are big people on the inside. I'm not talking about you know, looking like Goliath with all the armour on and strutting around like a, you know. I'm talking about big on the inside. Big people here, big faith, big generosity, big kindness, big mercy. And then that exudes from us to a world that cannot understand us. Because when they slap us in the face, what do we do? We love back. Hold on, how does that work? When I smack the other guy, he smacked me back. When I nip that stuff, I never got forgiveness. I, I, I got thrown in jail. No, no. But when I ran to this person, they forgave me. We need a bigger revelation of the Father. And you know the thing that messes with this whole thing? Is that some of us today have had a rubbish Father on earth. And so you're perspective of father when you hear that word father it's very hard to relate to this heavenly father that loves that that offers unconditional love that just pours out love and and arms of love because maybe some of us today have been ripped off of having an earthly father that never quite represented or played the role that he was supposed to but maybe his father never did it for him and maybe his father never did it for him And the reality is, you know, that can end, that can stop because there is a Heavenly Father that loves you if we can open up our hearts and take our minds off and take a step of faith and believe. And as I said before, we don't understand to believe, we believe to understand and come into another realm of this relationship with our Heavenly Father that truly does love you unconditionally, that truly does have the greatest things for you. The Bible does say that He does discipline those he loves, like I do with my kids. And I'm just getting to see more and more this this tangible picture with my two little girls and me of how our Heavenly Father operates. And it's my prayer that that we all will. I put here, our Heavenly Father is the ultimate giver. (laughs) That's good news, isn't it? He doesn't spare anything. 
his son was the greatest gift he gave away. I said a couple of weeks back, what, Jesus said, what's in your dish to this religious man? Give it away. Give it to the poor. The thing that you hold the most value to, I want you to give it away. God gave his son away. He is the most extravagant giver that you'll ever meet. What else is he? His resource is limitless. Listen, the Bible says his paths drip with abundance. What would that look like? Imagine waking up every day and your path, what you touch, how you think, how you posture, just drips with this absolute abundance of resource. How great is he? His nature is abundant. He thinks abundantly. You know, when he came to feed about 12,000 people, what did he have? He had some loaves and some fish. A few loaves, a few fish. He's looking and going, oh my goodness. But he knew exactly what he was going to do. What did he do? He takes it. I love this. He took it from the earthly realm. He then brings it to the kingdom realm that he lives in which is in earth, on earth, he submits it to the Father and 12,000 people get fed because of two fish and a few loaves. How does that happen? Anyone know? Because God is abundant. God is resourceful. There is no limit. When we operate in his kingdom, we can draw from his resource and actually move it across to the kingdom in the world and see his glory radiate. Now, the cool thing about this is it wasn't just enough for 12,000 people, was it? There was 12 basketfuls left over. He's abundant. Now, we might go, oh, what a waste. It's just his nature. They're fishing. They've caught nothing. We've been out all night doing our thing, all we know to do. And we've caught Jack. And I'm shattered and I'm knackered. And this man called Christ comes up and he says, okay, Peter, throw those nets on that side of the boat and you'll catch something. And I imagine Peter going, oh, mate, I'm the fisherman, you're the spiritual dude. Keep to the spiritual dude, I'll keep the fishing and we'll be sweet. That's what I would have done. I'm naked. I'm not throwing me nets on the other side of the boat. But because you say, he throws them over. How much fish did they catch? Somebody reads their word. 153. It was such a big catch, they had to call their mates in to help them with the abundance of resource. It wasn't just one fish. I mean, how many did they need to give them a feed for the day? Five? 153. There is enough for everybody. And our Father would say, ask of me, seek me, and knock on my door, and keep knocking, and keep knocking till you get my attention. Because you know, sometimes God won't open the door because he's wanting you to posture and pursue and get more intimate and come towards him. Because as little children, I know I'm going to resist some things from my kids because I give it too early, it's not good for them. Any other parent agree with me on that one? And there's times when you release things because you know they can handle them. 
the, the wisdom and the maturity to handle him. He's no different. But he says, come after me. And if you would continue to persevere and posture and, and, and like my little girl, I want a puppy. I'm hearing that. Let me read you 1 Chronicles 29. Because this catches it in a nutshell. 1 Chronicles 29, 11 to 13. says this. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. Everything we have is not ours. It's his. Everything we have is God-given. Hence, we need to give back to him because it's not ours in the first place. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Amazing, isn't it? You know, when they were building the temple for Solomon, the people brought and kept bringing and bringing and bringing because God had resource. And they said, stop! There's too much! I'd love to be in that place, heading this home to go, stop! There's just too much! Wouldn't you? Man, it'd be phenomenal. They caught something. They were activating something in their hearts that the glory of God would shine on the earth because of the resource that they could tap into that was his resource, that they were building his kingdom. That's us, guys. God has given us amazing things. We have everything we need in abundance. And he says, but keep asking. Keep asking. There's more. There's more stuff that you have not seen in the Spirit. There's more pictures. There's a greater truth in this book, a depth of truth that you have not yet perceived. Would you ask and come after it? How many people are happy where they are today? How many people have had enough, like going, you know, I don't want any more, God. I've got too much. We're called to live in this absolute abundance of overflow that would be pouring out of you onto other people. So as, they, as you walk past, what's on you jumps on them. Bang, bang, bang. As they look at you, they go, I can't figure that person out. I want to know what they've got. And, you, and, they, and people start to be drawn to you. It's not you they're drawn to, it's God in you. Because you are living a kind of life, you have a heart that is this kingdom heart that the world looks at, even Christians look at, and can't figure out. Because it's accurately positioned and postured and it's living in the kingdom of God. And God will take a person who is hungry and is a vessel of change and continue to pour his resource into to release it to the earth. If you try and block it, it will block the flow off. And others will look in amazement. Sometimes even get jealous. But the cost that's involved in that, that's why we sometimes don't want to make that jump because the cost involved to follow him with everything you have, love him with everything you have, and letting go of stuff, that's where some of us fall off the bandwagon. But, 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 you don't understand. He says, yes, I do. 
but we need a greater revelation of who the Father is. Because you get a greater revelation of the Father, you dump that stuff and you run. Because the bigness of that, you have to. If you didn't, you'd explode. You can't contain it. Is this all right? It's very quiet. <laughs> Listen to this. The future we embrace will be determined by the revelation we carry. The future that you and I embrace individually as the body of Christ will be determined by the revelation that we carry. Our girls don't have an issue asking me for things because they know who their dad is. This doesn't mean that dad is going to give them everything they ask for because as their father, I know what's best for them even when they don't. You see, one of the reasons I believe God says, ask of me, is so our revelation of him will grow. Ask of me, step out in faith, be obedient, and watch your revelation of me grow. Book of Malachi, God even says, test me. It's the only time God ever says, test me. It's in the area of finances or tithing. And he says, watch how I will respond. And as we do that, not just in finances, but in every area of our life, guess what? Revelation comes. I shared this some time ago, but I remember at a, at a conference I was at, we just bought our first home. We spent, you know, God was a faith stretch. God said, I want you to stretch and believe for this. This is the house. It wasn't this place. I went, my goodness, okay. Did the math. You know, there was just enough coming in, what was going out. Well, it's a, it's a step. Let's go. Did that. About a week later, I'm at this conference, and they're asking for an offering, you know, given to support. I said, yeah, I want to bless this God. How much? He says, I want you to give 100 bucks. I said, man, okay, cool. That's no problem. I said, but, you know, we've just sort of spent this money. It's pretty tight. He said, 100 bucks. Okay, just hear and obey. Hear and obey. Put the money in the thing. The next day, I was at a meeting with Johnny and Bex. I wasn't at the, the first meeting. Sandra was there, and she comes up to me afterwards and says, here's an envelope for you. I said, what's this? She said, oh, they, did it. They, they got all the senior leaders to stand up and gave them an envelope. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice. Okay, opened it up. Guess what was inside? 100 buck note. I was like, what was that all about? So I see you here and obey. His resource was limitless. It's not about, it wasn't about the 100 bucks. It was about this. Ask and obey, hear and obey. I have, I'm trying to get you out of this smallness, Greg, that you live in and show you the expanse of my kingdom. I want you to think like I think. See, the Bible says don't conform to what? To the patterns of this world. What's that? Our thinking, the way we operate, the way we live, our stuff. Be transformed at the renewing of your mind. What's the renewing of this? It's how he thinks. If you don't think like him, then you're still on the process. We're all on the process of being transformed. If you're still thinking like this, you've got to be renewed and come into another realm and think like he thinks and see how he sees and the vastness of his kingdom that is available. Yeah? Cool. He's into everything, big and small. How many people here pray for car parks? I pray for, well, actually, you know what? I don't actually, I used to pray a lot. Now, and I don't say this to, you know, I'm saying this just trying to bring reality of, of the Father's heart. 
I'll guarantee you 97% when I leave here and go downtown, I get a car park outside where I need to go. Every time. Yep, absolutely, Army. You too? Me and her have the car park anointing. <laughs> if you'd like it, let's come and lay hands on you after this morning. I say this to say God is into the smallest detail of your life. Now, religious minds go, no, he's not. That's not holy enough. Well, if you want to stick to that mindset, good on you. But you're going to miss out on a whole lot of things. Now, I'm going to talk later. Our motivation, our heart has to be accurate, okay? And, and I'll hit that. But God's into this much, much bigger thing as well. I remember laying my hands on a lady and asking God to heal her of cancer. Got a phone call two days later. Gone. Salvation. I'm praying for my best mate and others that I know that they would come to know this person I have and my older brother. God can do this. He's asked me for these things, Greg. Ask me for the city. Ask me for this nation. Ask and I'll give the nations to you. That's the bigness. God's trying to expand us out of our smallness. So what are you asking for? What breakthrough do you need? Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's in relationship. Maybe it's in falling pregnant. There's something about that at the moment. I just Maybe we'll pray again today. There's something that God's just continues to speak to me about that. There are people really longing to get pregnant. And actually, I'm going to pray right now. Father, there are people in this house. Is anyone here today, I don't want to embarrass you, but is there anyone here that, that wants to get pregnant that can't? Come forward, guys. We're just going to pray for you right now. Is that cool? Anyone else? There's something at the moment God wants to do. I'm seeing incredible things. I'm talking to people that have struggled and struggled and struggled and are getting pregnant. Father, Lord, right now, just maybe some of the other leaders as well just come forward. Father, we just ask you right now, Lord Jesus, we stand on the promises of your word. And Father, I pray life into this womb. I pray life into this womb. Thank you, Jesus. I pray life by the word of God into this womb. I say, come forth life, come forth child. And like Abraham and Sarah God, that he did not waver in his faith. Jesus would say to you guys today, do not waver in your faith. And believe in the promise. And so God, we stand on your promises, your word today. And believe in your proper time. A child will come forth from this womb. And we thank you for the seed that is being planted right now. Father, confuse the medical world. Confuse the intellect and the reason of the medical world and do a miraculous supernatural miracle and bring forth a healthy baby boy, baby girl and the desires of this, these parents' hearts will be, maybe it's three kids, four kids, I pray for a whole flock <laughs> to come forward in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. 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 Matt, come forward, guys.
Father, we thank you for Ian and Glenna. And we stand as a family today with this great couple, Lord. And Father, we believe with them, we petition with them, we posture with them for life to come forth out of Glenna's womb. Holy Spirit, we just speak it forth. We stand on your word and we prophesy and proclaim. Lord, we just speak as um, Ezekiel did, Lord, to the dry bones. He said, come forth, come alive and speak. And so, Father, I just speak forth life into Glenna's womb. Father, we plant a seed. And Father, to the same guys with Abraham, do not waver in your faith. Keep posturing for it. Ask, seek and knock. Ask, seek and knock. Whatever you ask for, believe you have received it. And it shall be yours. Believe by faith. Release life, God. And we look forward to the testimonies and the stories of these families and the fruit the tangible fruit of a baby boy or baby girl. It's healthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, the giver of gifts. Thank you, the giver of life. And we prophesy life over this couple and into this couple. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, we lift up Belinda and Chris to you. I speak against the lie that they can no longer have anymore. Father, that is man's wisdom, man's logic, man's reason. You do not operate in that kingdom. Father, you operate outside of our kingdom and you said, I am from another kingdom in which you know nothing about. And so God, we stand by faith right now and we just, we bind that word, we bind that lie and we loosen life. We loosen life. I command in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for baby to come forth, for life to come forth. Boy or girl, we don't care. Life to come forth in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you that you've given us your authority, your power to speak like this. You say, go into all the world. Father, command these things to happen. So we stand on your word. We don't waver in unbelief. We attach single-minded faith, Lord, absolute faith to see forth life. And guys, I just want to encourage all the three couples. I've had, in the last year, at least three couples that have, have, have persevered and continued to, to believe and they now are with child. They have a child. It's like God is just, there's this anointing at the moment. There's this thing God's doing where he's just dumbfounding the, the world um, and he's just making it happen. And his timing, is, 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 his proper time is critical. So do not waver. Keep persevering. Keep asking. Uh, Chris and, and, and all the guys, just continue to lay your hands on your wife's stomach and get scripture and speak it forth into being. Speak it forth into being. Prophesy and proclaim it in the name of Jesus. So God, we thank you for the work, the Holy Spirit, what you're doing right now, for the life that you've implanted, the seeds of life, and we just stand and, and, Father, by faith and trust, watch them grow and see the fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I knew I, I yeah, it's funny, eh? you know, when you listen to the Holy Spirit, I knew I couldn't speak my other message and, and this is just accurate to what God's doing. There's, there's some more things I think he's going to do today. I've just put this down, a limited revelation of the Father 
will keep you living in extremes. I run into a lot of Christians that live in extremes or in one aspect of a truth, but they don't understand they're not walking in the tension of the, of the two truths. And a lack of revelation could have you living in extremes, which means you're out of balance. It means you only see through, through one eye. And the kingdom of God is always a two-part picture. And we need to be able to see. It's like you know, God says, you know, people, I've heard people say to me, I don't ask God for anything because he knows what I want. Now, there is truth in that, in the sense that he knows what you want, but he also says you don't get because you don't ask. And so you can keep that posture and go, you know what, somehow, I don't know, I don't know this is just religious thinking, but you know, we think, he knows what I want, I'm not going to ask. He says, no, no, come to me. If you want to know what it's, look, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus in the Gospels and go, look what he did, I need to reflect what he did. So sure, he lived this 24-7 lifestyle of prayer. But then he also went to the Father and sat with the Father and had intimacy with the Father when no one else was around. He is our model. He is our, our example. But if we live in the extremes, we can get messed up. The other extreme is people who come with screeds of paper and lists. They've got, <laughs> and it's all about them. Where's, where's God on this? Oh, no, he's not. So there's these two extremes. And what we need to do is, as, as kingdom people is walk in the tension in the middle of those two extremes. Does that make sense? I hope so. If it doesn't, come and see me afterwards and we can... We can chat. Listen to the, I'm going to read you three scriptures over you, and I hope you hear these. Mark 11:24. Therefore I tell you, this is the words of Christ. I tell you, it's not Greg talking; it's Christ talking. I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. Matthew 7:7. 7, 7. We looked at ask, and it shall be given to you. John 15:7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Did everyone get that? If you've got a pen and paper, maybe write those down. Oh, they're probably behind me, are they? I think they might not be. Mark eleven twenty four, Matthew seven seven, John fifteen seven. So I'm just going to give you six quick things. I'll run through them. What are the principles that define our asking? Number one, ask in accordance to the Father's will. That's critical. The things we ask for are in accordance to the Father's will. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, the cross was won in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not necessarily when he went to the cross. Because the battle was for will. If there is any other way, Father, but I choose your will. And when we ask according to the Father's will, Heaven gets activated. The resource in heaven gets activated. God looks for people that ask in accordance to his will. That's why it's so important that we actually can hear the voice of God, that the living word is speaking for the day. What is it today you want to say? Because sometimes, I've, and I've told this myself, I try and apply the thing of yesterday, today, and it doesn't work. That's why you can preach a message one day that you know God's on it. You try and preach it a week later and it's dead. That's why I can never preach the same message twice because I, I write things and I don't have a clue what that means. <laughs> Serious. You, know, you write a word down. 
What does that even mean? It means to pray in an alignment to his will. John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When I committed my life to Christ, I really didn't have a passion to read. I'd read one book. I'm 29 years old and I'd read, apart from soccer magazines, I'd read one book. I hated reading. But that's a, how many knows that's a little bit of a problem when you're going to be a preacher? And I went, I started knocking on the door of heaven saying, I don't have a hunger for this. Can you give me a hunger? And I just went after it. I can't tell you when it actually happened, but today I have such a hunger to read. I have two bookshelves full of books. I mean, this is the most amazing book and this is what I spend most of my time in. But he said, ask, seek, knock. Didn't happen overnight, but it will happen. <laughs> ask in faith. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in faith, so in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. Third thing, ask with expectation and perseverance. As I said before, you know, Lily and Maddie, they don't come asking half-assed questions. They come boldly. They come passionately. Lily can hardly really, she's learning words, but, you know, I know when she wants a bottle. I know when she wants to do something. I know when she wants her cuddly toilet because she comes boldly and asks wholeheartedly. That's how we are to come before the Father. Number four, ask with the right motive. This is really important that we come before him and ask our motives are pure. James talks about this, if I can really find him. I thought he disappeared from him. <laughs> uh, 4 verse 2. You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. God, I want a Ferrari because I'll look cool in a Ferrari. I don't have an issue with Christians having Ferraris if God gives them a Ferrari. I know plenty of men and women who are postured accurately and can quite happily own that. They, it's open-handed though. They don't go looking for a Ferrari. I know heaps of people that have been given BMWs and cars because they're just part of laying their lives down and God as a father goes, yeah, have that. But you know what? He sees the motive. He sees the heart. He knows that that person can give it away like that tomorrow. I hope you can hear what I'm saying there. Thanks, Alan.
my God was pleasing to him because I didn't ask for it. Pleasing. And then later on, and God said, you can do with it as you like. And there was a need, and in my heart I knew that I did sell it and get the money. Totally. Anything. I know. Paul said, I'm, I'm used to living in nothing and I'm comfortable living with much. Because he understood. He walked in the middle. His heart was, was that way. Five, ask but understand God's proper timing. See, Abraham and Sarah, they, they, they were impatient at the start there. God had spoken, but they rushed ahead. And God has proper timing for everything. And so we have to be, once again, intimate with the Father that we can sense when that timing is. We persevere, we push through. The woman who uh, wanted you know, uh, food for her children, she just kept the proper time, pushing, pushing until the proper time. Don't get frustrated in that. That's the risk. You get frustrated, we get frustrated. Don't waver in unbelief. Keep walking forward in faith. The sixth thing, ask, but you must love God and his kingdom more than what you're asking for. Otherwise, if you don't receive it, you'll be disillusioned and heartbroken. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom. And I'll add all these things. And so come before me passionately. Ask away. I'm a father that wants to release and give. But your focus, and this is where Paul had it accurate, is on my kingdom. Live for my kingdom. Build my kingdom. Build it accurately. Posture yourself accurately. Love me with everything you have. And I just want to finish on a story. I'm just going to ask Natalie um, just to come forward. And I think it would be a great story to end on. If you think of those, sort of, those six points that I've given you, someone that... Um, was struggling with, with, with an issue. Not, not nearly wasn't your Heather story, but um, a person struggling with an issue and God turned up and uh, the power of God rocked up and uh, this girl is now living in freedom. So, um, We had a girl move into the home at the beginning of the year, well, yeah, towards the beginning of the year and as she walked in the door, I, I knew that she was quite ill and God said, she will be medication free before she leaves here. And I remember going, really? Okay. She's on a lot of medication. Like she, They had to order it in specially from the pharmacy. Like it wasn't just your average Prozac or anything, which I think can be ordered by truckloads these days. But for her it was, it was a huge amount of medication for a lot of different issues. And God said, I'm going to set her free. And I was like, okay. Because I, I mean, I'm like Elmi, I know that he can do it. But it's actually, it was getting her to a point where she believed that she was going to be set free. And I remember, I just kept saying to her, I said, God's going to set you free, man. You're going to be free from medication before you walk out this door. And she's like, yeah, okay. Now, going back, she had a mum who, at her age of when this girl was three, her mum committed suicide from many of the issues that she was suffering. And so it was, it was binding her to the past big time. So it was very real in her life. And I said... But he's bigger than that. He's much, much bigger than that and he can set you free. And I just kept, you know, it's all right, God will set you free. You know, you've got to be released from this because that's the journey he has for you.
And in amongst being at the home, we had a photographer come in and he, in the middle of photographing her, turned to her and prophesied over her. And she was just sitting on the couch like, oh my goodness. And he said, you've got a healing ministry on you. And I turned to her afterwards and I said, but you have to receive healing before you can anoint other people with it, right? And she said, but I don't know how to accept it for myself. And anyway, we continued this journey with her and she continued being medicated and she was over-medicated actually and the medical profession admitted that she was over-medicated but wouldn't do a lot about it. So we journeyed alongside her and that was cool and it got to a point we came to church, I think it was back in September, and she kind of left right at the beginning of church and God said to me, go and bring her back. And I was like, okay. Had no idea what was happening. Went out, found her in the cafe, brought her back. I said, I really feel like you need to be in here. And she came back in and I turned again and she was gone. And God said, go and find her. Bring her back. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling really stink now that I'm like walking out of church every couple of minutes to try and find this girl. Brought her back in. She left again and God said, go and get her and do not let her leave. And I was like, okay. Walked out, found her in the baby, the mum and bub room, and I said to the person with her, I said, can you look after her baby? She needs to be in church. I don't know why, but she needs to be in church. God's calling her back into church. She came back in within 30 seconds of being in the auditorium. Uh, Greg was speaking. He said, I don't think I need to bring this message. She said, I think we need to pray for each other as a church. And my heart just went, ba-boom, ba-boom. And I looked at her and she's just kind of standing there like, oh my goodness, what's about to transpire? Anyway, we prayed for her. Everybody was praying for everybody in the church. We were praying for her. And as we finished praying, Greg said, I feel like I need to pray for people with depression. Come up here if you've got depression. Now, she had way more than depression, let me tell you. But depression was only kind of this much of a very huge pie. So she came up the front and um, was prayed over. And at the end, I said to her, how do you feel? She said, it's not gone. It's still here. And I was like, okay. You know, is that her unbelief? Or is that genuinely how it was transpiring in her heart? And I walked up to Greg. I said, I know this sounds really weird, but she's saying it's not gone. Can you come and pray for her, please? And he walked up to her, and she had her head dropped, and he lifted up her chin, and he said, look at me. And he started praying, and she'd drop her chin. Now, this happened several times, and he lifted up her chin. He said, look at me now. And he cast something off her right then that was unbelievably in the spiritual realm. She fell over and she, that night, I went back home with her and I said, you need to hand me all your drugs. And she said, I don't think I can do that. I said, yes, we can do this together because God has set you free. Now, don't get me wrong, he had spoken to me very clearly that that was what we were meant to do. So don't everybody go home and go off drugs if you're on them without hearing from him first. But that was her journey, and I said to her, go and get them. She said, but what if I need them tomorrow? I said, well, then you can ask for them tomorrow, and I'll give them back to you if I think you need them. Thinking, oh, my goodness. And we had a house full of people, and our children were in that house, and her child was in that house, and I'm sitting there going, Lord, if I've ever needed you to show up, now's it, because we're putting a whole load of people at risk if I've not heard clearly from you. So she, the drugs are gone. They are absolutely gone. She hasn't touched them. She asked for them about three times since then. She said, I've got to have them, I've got to have them, I've got to have them. We went, no, let's walk this together. What's happening? He set her free, man, because she was obedient. Yeah, man. 
just want to um, just stress, <clears throat> we must hear from God. You must hear the voice of God in these situations. Okay? But the reality is, see, the enemy wants to try and rob the church from becoming the church, the fullness of who we're called to be. And there is such a tension that we must walk in accuracy by faith to perceive what he has. Because, you know, when you read this, this book, Jesus healed everyone he came into contact with. Why? Because the Father spoke through him. This one, this one, this one. So the, the tension for us is we need to walk that we can hear the Father's voice and then by faith activate something from here to here. It's not us, it's him moving through us. But I want you to hear today. We must hear. As Natalie said, if you're on any sort of medication, don't run well, you know, share it with someone else as well. Pray with me, okay? That's very, very important. How good is he? How great is he? How big is he? Just some things to think about. What are we going to be asking our Heavenly Father for from today onwards? Number one, greater revelation of who God is and his unconditional love. Maybe that's for you. Maybe it's a babysitter who doesn't charge so as a couple you can spend more time together and go out? Is it a baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is it a financial breakthrough? Is it a gym membership? Is it car parks? Is it seeing loved ones come into a relationship with Jesus? Is it a greater love and a greater heart for people who don't know Christ? Maybe it's a job that really aligns with your passion. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a physical, mental or spiritual healing. Maybe it's the holiday that you've always dreamed of but you couldn't afford. I hope you catch it this morning that our Heavenly Father is really no different from the sense of an earthly father to his children, an accurate representation of an earthly father who at times releases, at times restricts, but says come and ask, who loves unconditionally, who tries to point us in the right direction and calls us to live this life by faith. 